Hey, everybody! It is Yasser! I forgot my line. I'm just kidding. It's Isaiah! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We are from my brother Sneaker, and we've got a little announcement. We are teaming up with a podcast app called Spoke to give you three exclusive uh, episodes. Uh, Spoke is a new audio platform made by SiriusXM that creates podcast playlists to help you find new shows to listen to. The Spoke team handpicks the best moment from a ton of podcasts and creates playlist clips from a bunch of shows. And you can just search and try them out and find anything that you love. For instance... Oh, yeah. There's a playlist on there uh, called Slice of Life, which is all about like crazy and incredible things that happen to everyday people. Like, I just learned this, bro. I just learned some people pay their bills on time, dog. Oh, is that a thing? Dog, people will have a bill due date, and they will pay that bill before then. That's crazy to me. Before then. You know what else is crazy? What? Spook also has a, a lot of fun, exclusive content from Feral Audio. Yeah. Um, it's just, you know, like our tournament episodes are going to be, oh, like, yeah. you know, there's going to be stuff like Sleep With Me, a lot of our, our other great shows here at Feral. You don't want to miss it. Yep. Download Spoke now. It's free in the App Store or on Google Play. And be sure to check out all of my brother's sneakers exclusive Spoke episodes at hearspoke.com slash my brother's sneakers. Model boys, cute boys, round butt boys all day. Guys, finding quality denim jeans is tough. And to find a good pair without breaking the bank is just uh, almost impossible. But at Distilled, spelled D-S-T-L-D, you get like brand top quality jeans at a price that won't break your bank. And I know I said break the bank, but I like saying break the bank. And I'll say it again, break the bank. But just go to distilled.com, D-S-T-L-D.com right now and use the promo code FERAL and check out and get it. I 20% discount on your first pair. And these are great jeans. I love them. I wear them all the time. Heck, I sleep in them. Distilled jeans. They're the best jean you're ever going to wear. In fact, I shower in them. Distilled jeans. D-S-T-L-D. They're good quality, super duper denim. And, you know, it's not going to cost you like $200 or $100. Go to distilled.com. D-S-T-L-D.com. Do it. Get some jeans. Look cool. Feral Audio. Welcome to Conversations with Matt Dwyer. I'm Matt Dwyer. Uh, a couple announcements before uh, we we uh, get into this uh, episode and whatnot. Um, if you can go to the Feral Audio uh, website, go to the Matt Dwyer Conversations with Matt Dwyer page, and uh, click on that Amazon link there, and you uh, put that in your toolbar, and every time you buy some stuff on Amazon, we get a kickback here at Feral Audio and Conversations with Matt Dwyer, and that helps support my show very much. Or you can donate some money. Also, go to thematdwyer.com for all things Matt Dwyer and learn more about me. Uh, welcome to the show, everybody. If you uh, haven't listened to it before, welcome. And old-timey listeners, thanks again. Um, I'm really excited about this uh, episode. It's with uh, Ryan McManaman. From a special thing records, he's a great guy, uh, and it's a very interesting conversation about uh, 
his whole uh, trajectory from punk bands to running a record label. And uh, it's good. This is a good episode. I was very loose with Ryan because, uh, well, a we were drinking martinis, and uh, and uh, we're buddies. So at least, anyway, I'm I'm exhausted, uh, as you know, for weeks. And we talk about this episode was recorded before my nuptials, and now I'm married. Uh, I was actually, yeah, I've been married a week now, a little over a week when this episode comes out. And, uh, you know, it's weird. We did a really small wedding. I'm, let me just say this. I'm so fucking relieved it's over. And we did a small wedding. It was nothing big. It was like five friends, and it was a lot of drinking and eating. But it's you still get so uptight. And, like, I turned into a person I didn't want to turn into. Just, like, getting really just... And uh, here's another thing. If you don't like getting your picture taken, don't get married. Don't get married if you like having your picture taken. But we uh, spent the... I actually, I said at one point to the, I was like, I got so, I was like, I'm going to kill all you people <laughs> taking pictures. You know, because it's one of the most important days of your life and you should be grumpy and uh, not want it documented. But uh, man, I love, we honeymooned in San Francisco and what a, it, it's taken me three, four days to get back on track. I'm still all foggy and trying to work out the booze and food out of my system. We ate at La Folie, which is a very, uh, not to brag, high-end French restaurant in uh, San Francisco, and uh, eating is ruined for the rest of my life. I don't think anything will be that delicious again. I really don't have, I'm fried, man. I thought I'd, I'd start talking about the wedding and trip into something amusing, but it's not. I'm brain dead, man. I'm brain dead. That's what a week of drinking and eating rich food will do to you. It will just clog your brain holes, and you will not be able to think. Uh, so let's just get on with this episode. I am excited to be married. Go to my website, donate money, use the Amazon link, and here is my great conversation with Ryan McMenamin. weird i hit record and i got a headache it's probably psychological <laughs> um it's a trigger so i you're like i'm interested in your your sort of uh well no hello you don't start with a hello oh hello hey <laughs> <laughs> how are you i'm doing well thanks you look good thank you i feel how, good is life going well life's great yeah i can't really complain um i know that's not people don't want to hear that do they that you complain <laughs> no that life's great Oh, yeah. Everybody who listens to this show is really miserable, and they just want li <laughs> life affirmed that it's uh, sure. life is a miserable thing. Uh, do you still play music? Uh, no, no. Not in a long time. Does that Not set, in a bunch of years. Does that make you... Do you miss it? I do. I miss... Uh, yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed being in a band. It's a lot of work, especially if you want it to kind of run well. Um, and I reason i quit was because uh started the record label and it was you know i didn't have room for two heavy side projects in what, my life was, what, I'm, you, was it i'm forgetting your band's name uh the black comments oh i was right i didn't yeah. think that was right you guys were like popular too though it wasn't like I you were i don't think i don't know about that <laughs> i th i know guys who are big fans of yours and i definitely knew yeah about we you. had we had a, a 
small local following, but I mean, we never really recorded anything proper and never toured, so we didn't really, people outside of LA didn't really ever know about us. But. Did, did you move to Los Angeles solely for the purpose of starting, like, being in a punk band? Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was uh, purely consequential. Um, no, I moved here right after college to, I just wanted to work in the in the industry in some capacity um and got a job right away at mgm and i was at mgm for like nine years really yeah what were you doing there i was doing international distribution that sounds is it as fancy as it sounds <laughs> it's not it's not fancy <laughs> at all it's just a typical you know office desk job which i was fine with i you know i'm not one of those like it sucked the soul out of me like yeah it was all right but uh then how did the how did you end up in a were you in bands before you moved here from Jersey? Mm, I was in like one or two uh kind of goof around bands, but the Black Comets was my first like <coughs> real foray into playing actual shows out of basements and stuff. So it was like the real hardcore old school punk type stuff? Uh what's that? The oh, No, I mean like the the lifestyle that you were like playing not playing like t- typical venues. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we would we would play like <laughs> probably one of our downfalls as a band is we would say yes to every single show that came our way. We had no discretion, so there were some times where we would play like four or five shows a week, and that was we hit a point where show playing shows was basically supplanting practicing, which is <laughs> not a good <laughs> not a good place for uh, you know growth as a band. Um, but it was fun. It was very fun. Uh, and yeah, we would play like house parties, all kinds of bars all around town. A few times in like Vegas, um, where Where'd they would actually play. Uh, we played at the Double Down That's Saloon what I was a talking. few times. I used to live walking distance from there. What? Really? Yeah, I lived in Vegas for six months. I was, er, Why? I was doing shows with Second City there. Oh, and then okay. 9-11 happened. And I know... F- Thousands of people died, but I was really happy that I got to leave Vegas after that. Because <laughs> I was, like, just drinking myself to death and miserable. How are the two related? Uh, the <laughs> people stopped going to Vegas, and, like, this sh- cast we had was rotating, so they had to cut the cast. And uh, I was, like, the most recent guy to join, so I was the first to get kicked out, and I was really th- relieved. You're really happy about it. Vegas is really awful to live in. Yeah, I can imagine. It's I, – I mean, I – I want to say I hate Vegas, but every time I go there, I have a blast. Really? You know, for like two days. Oh, two days is... Yeah, yeah. What do you do when you go to Vegas? Drink and gamble, what everybody does. I can't gamble. Oh, well, you can I'm, drink. I can't, I did. <laughs> I was drinking. You are. I am. <laughs> I, yeah, I was just in a depressed state at that time, too. Mm. And then moving to Vegas when you're depressed is just like... Just makes it, compounds it. Yeah, it's... It becomes like some weird seedy novel that you don't want to be involved in. Sure. But but yeah, Double Down Saloon was a, a lot of fun. How was that place to play? Because that place is it was fucking a, it was weird. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, that place is super weird. Um, it was one of our first like first times we actually had a mosh pit going where people were coming out bloody. And I was really, really? I was really excited about that. Because <laughs> they didn't know our music. Like, the people that were there didn't know our music. But... You know, it's not like L.A. where there's just so many shows that people are... Well, I guess maybe that's not true. Vegas has their fair share of shows, but um, 
But you know what I'm saying? Like people were just way into it, even though they didn't know who we were, which was kind of fun. That's uh, that is that like a badge of honor as a punk rocker that your your crowd ended up bloody? <laughs> <laughs> I guess, yeah, I guess so. I mean, that means they're excited, right? It means they were into it. Yeah, no, that's a good sign. Yeah, that should happen at comedy shows. Yeah, was the, what era was the the black comics? Because when you were saying like, like, oh sorry, oh no, uh, uh, it was like two thousand maybe four to two thousand seven. Is that like when there? like the because when you were saying you were playing all these different shows, it reminded me of the Meishi who would play like also would play would yeah. seem to be anything. Yeah, yeah. We, I don't. We never played a show with them, but I. I did enjoy it. I have a couple of their albums. They were fucking like crazy live. They're fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was bummed when they disbanded because I was like, I just could, I just wanted to keep going and seeing their yeah, live yeah. shows. And yeah, they they would play all the time too. Yeah, I'm surprised we never played a show. Who them, were but. some of the other bands in that Oh, um, era? There's this band in Azuma, who's this. Uh, I think they're they're still active. They were buddies of ours. Uh, this band Pussycow. Do you you know Joe Dana? Yeah, right? yeah. Um, they're definitely still active. They just did their annual Dre Day. Have you ever been to that? No. They throw a a party for Dr. Dre's birthday every year, where every band has to cover at least one Dr. Dre song. Oh, that's really cool. Set. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. He's Joe Dana's upset that there's a, and I think it's on your label. There's a joke about. Uh, pussy cow, and fart, fart, vomit. What is the what is the band's name? Oh, fart barf. Fart barf. And the guy's saying how he likes fart barf, but he doesn't like pussy cow, and it's just like this weird. That's funny. I don't know. Is that on our? I think it's on one of the EPs that really Jonah's putting out. Oh, oh yeah, not it's not out yet though. Yeah, I know what you're talking. Who's about. I think the... it's Alex Hooper? Oh yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Poor Joe Dana. <laughs> When you when you're getting knocked when the fart barf is uh, do you <laughs> know fart you barf at all? I don't know them personally, but I'm a huge fan of their music. Oh really? Yeah, they are. Have you seen them? No. They are probably my favorite active band in LA. They're a lot of fun to see live. Clearly not thinking of the long haul with the band name like that. Like I mean, no, <laughs> no, no. But it's, I, it's probably there. A... Are they label friendly? Big label friendly? I don't. I don't know. I I don't think so. They uh, they did put out a record. I forget what label it's on, but it's it came out last year, I think, early last year, and it's it's really good. Because there used to be used to see that in like Chicago, there would be a band with like some kind of name like that, like fucked up name, and then they would be like switch it to like the Rose Petals. Yeah, because <laughs> they got signed to a label. I wanted to start a, a band called Diarrhea and Frank, <laughs> but, <laughs> but nobody was on board with that. <coughs> That's a great name. <laughs> I, thought that is a, like I thought the, it was a good name, but oh, well. Get so, if anyone out there, if any listener wants to run with that, <laughs> I wonder if maybe have you Google because I used to like when MySpace had all the bands. I'd just see who what names would come up. <laughs> oh and yeah, I, just I can't remember. Yeah, just to see what awful. Yeah. Anyway, so how did how did the did you, was it a music label initially? That's what somebody told me that it started your label started. A special thing? Yeah. No. 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 We never put up music. The first thing we our first release was uh, Jen Kirkman's first album, and our second release was actually Jonah Ray's, which we recorded those both in the same night. But yeah, it was it was stand up comedy right from the get go. How? Why did? What made you? Why did I think that'd be a good idea? <laughs> why would you? Yeah. 
No, I mean, I mean, and that's like a great two people to have st- kick off your label. Yeah, yeah. We just um, recently sold out of Jonah Ray's Seven Inch. Really? That which was our first, or sorry, the second thing we ever put out was a run of five hundred seven inches, and everyone was like, "Yeah, these are never gonna sell." You're never going to sell 500 of these. I remember when he was doing that, I was like, that's a great idea. Like, I was jealous, but I was also like, who would buy? <laughs> Other than, yeah. But, I mean, I think it's, it speaks a lot to the vinyl market these days. Yeah, but also, I mean, we make, you know, we make most of our money on digital sales. And then we kind of do, a phys- we always do a physical run, either CDs or vinyl, just to kind of supplement that, even if... You know, sometimes we go into it knowing that we're going to lose money on the physical end, but we'll hopefully make it on back on the digital. Can so, we're not good businessmen. <laughs> <in other words. laughs> are you? Is there like a business? Are you doing the Fugazi business model? <laughs> oh, five dollar shows. <laughs> yeah, just then five dollar CDs. I don't and record every single live show. And have you read think... about that? They they've recorded like every show, and about four or five years ago, they're like, yeah, we're going to start rolling them out. So if you've ever been to one of our shows, you're going to be able to download it for, like, I think $5. And every Fugazi show I've been to, I, like, I check in every couple months, and they're never available. Where are they? In the... Uh, on Discord. <laughs> no, no, I mean, like, are they are they still, like, in a 13 songs concert? Because <laughs> that's, like, I mean, oh, they've oh. done a million shows. Yeah, they've, they've done a ton. I don't know. Where, I, yeah, they're not doing it chronologically. I don't know. I don't know what that project's all about. But so what was the were you part of the special thing blog and that whole thing? Uh so no. Well, okay. I was it was a message board that my partner Matt Belknap had started. Bless you. Right. Oh, you swallowed it. <laughs> I, it won't come. It's like a bad uh I can't, I have these allergies and lately I can't sneeze but I'm almost always sneezing. Yeah. It's like almost as frustrating as when you can't ejaculate. Sure. And I also love the word ejaculate. <laughs> it's a it's a good word. <laughs> you know, I used to date an epileptic girl, and I was like, "Really?" Is it, I was like, "Is it when you feel a seizure coming on?" I was like, "Is it kind of like when you feel a sneeze approaching?" And she was like, "Yeah." She was like, "That's a great way to put it." I never thought of it about like that, but that's that sums it up. And then every other friend since then that's epileptic, I'm like, I ask them about it, and they're like, "No, it's not like that at all." <laughs> I but just, I guess that's different for. A horrible joke as if she ever had a seizure while you were having sex with her and then did she yeah yeah that's happened a few times really yeah did you take it as a personal compliment of your prowess no, oh, <laughs> and then you brag about that in the bars i fuck so hard i put women <laughs> that's terrible <laughs> uh but okay yeah the the posting because the posting board that thing was like kind of at that time it was the yeah, it was it was kind of like pre-Reddit and pre-Facebook, um, and it was... So, yeah, my partner Matt Belknap had started as a message board to discuss Tenacious D, uh, and it quickly became like uh, a place where people discuss alternative comedy in general, Mr. Show, and stuff like that. Um, and a lot, a lot of L.A. comics started joining and joining the conversation, and... So kind of before all that other social media, it was a place where comedy nerds could interact with comedians. Um, it was the, I mean, to get mentioned on there was huge. Like I would. Really? 
Yeah, you See, didn't. I don't know. I mean, I was. I'm not a comic, so. Oh yeah, like I find, especially if you did uh, uh, comedy death ray, and yeah. like if because people would if you got mentioned positively, and I I I, I remembered like doing comedy death ray and not seeing my name mentioned, and, really? and like really being fucking Living. angry and depressed about it. Really? Yeah, because I was like, huh. <laughs> but it was like I, I yeah, it was like the thing for comedians. Yeah, I guess it it was a weird era where there was it was the first time that comics could really get feedback from the audience like from the crowd after a show yeah without talking to them directly you know uh but yeah i mean it's it's essentially been supplanted by it's kind of ahead of its time um yeah i guess so so uh so how did that how did the website morph into a newer record label yeah because that's that was a weird so I around like 2005 or so I was like I was a big fan of comedy and you know I wanted to get involved in the LA scene somehow without actually performing uh, or putting any (laughs) real effort into it uh and I was like well there's no like record label I could start a record label um and I actually emailed the the first thing I did was email um, a few comics that I knew, like Scott Ackerman and BJ Porter and, um, and Patton actually, Patton Oswalt. So I was, I just emailed like, Hey, would this be a good idea? Like, would people even be interested in this? Do you think not asking if they wanted to be involved, but, uh, and Patton wrote me this big, long, um, like three page analysis of like why it's a good idea and what would like a, be a good way to approach it. What would be a bad way? And it was to get an email from Patton Oswalt, like kind of egging you on was a huge encouragement. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to do this. Uh, and I was friends with Matt Belknap from, uh, we would go to comedy death Ray like every week and became friends just from that. And I remember it was like 2005 or six and I was, we were outside a show and I was like, Hey, I've been thinking about starting like a indie stand-up record label. And he was like, Oh, I was thinking about doing the same thing. So we were just kind of like, all right let's let's do it together and then we were discussing like what to call it and we were both kind of agreed that like the name a special thing was already like had some kind of yeah credence or weight in the community so we just kept I, that same branding i don't know if this is like a, a dumb dumb question but no, it's like please. how does one they, go they've all been so far <laughs> <laughs> thank you that's why i have five listeners and i it's all my own downloads but how how does one like but then how do you actually go and like start like i'm just i'm like how do you do how do you start that do you have to is that well we start like i mean we had to do all the boring legal shit of like registering as a bit as an llc and you know getting a bank account together and registering with the city and the tax board and all that um which we didn't you know we didn't know what we were doing we just kind of figured all that we didn't know what we were doing we still don't know what we're doing <laughs> but we figured we we're like look we we know how to record a comedy show like step one would be set up a show which we could do we know comics and we know people at the venues step two would be record it which we know how to do because you know doesn't take too much to record comedy <laughs> step three would be to you know send it off get it printed get some artwork done and we were like we we could do all this did you um, have any like t- 
technical like sound no. experience before that? No, not at all. Well, I guess I mean being in a band definitely helps. Like just knowing <laughs> what cables go into what holes. You know, <laughs> know what I mean, Matt? <laughs> like with your epileptic girlfriend. <laughs> but did the, I mean? I, I feel like a special thing has had a major influence on comedy. When really? Yeah. I feel like before th- you guys started, that there was sort of a, I don't know what the word would be, but like, people weren't that interested in comedy albums. As uh, I, I feel th- like, I don't think they start. <laughs> <laughs> See, I feel like judging by quarterly sales, <laughs> I'm gonna say they're still not interested. I guess you would. No, go- I. Well, I thank you for saying that. I that's um, but it seems like now when uh, comedy albums are a thing again. And to be on vinyl is kind of a, another thing, and I think that's... Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I never... Th- I wouldn't think of us as, like, pioneers in that at all. I mean, there were... We were just kind of trying to do... Trying to make the albums that, like, we listened to growing up, um, but with, you know, all the great talent that we were surrounded by here in L.A. Yeah, I just, like, now you see... The, uh, like Sub Pop has put out comedy albums. Like yeah. now the other labels are kind of jumping on it, and I think that's like has to be somewhat influenced by what you guys have done. Wow, I mean, I would love to believe that that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I've always believed that was really yes. Wow. Well, thanks for saying that. I uh, yeah, I because I feel like now you hear people talk about comedy albums and like. Uh, and you before you guys you you hadn't heard that for a long time of like hey have you heard Patton's new album or whatever and it's like yeah I think that's and it's I don't know I think that's giving a whole new life to the comedy yeah I mean that's that's <laughs> that's what we set out to do so um but I don't know I mean I I don't think that we're like you know leading the charge in any way in that like we there was stand up records and um. Uh, in Minnesota, yeah, run by Dan Schlissel and Comedy Central Records was around before. So there were a couple dedicated comedy record labels. But do you do you feel like you got a little bit more in on the uh, on the ground floor? Well, the al- more of the alternative, like because you're in, like, yeah, I mean the hub of it, opposed yeah. to uh, Dan and no, but I mean you was in Minnesota. It's a little bit harder to. Yeah, I mean we like. I think we benefit from the fact that we we started from a place where we were kind of buddies with comics um, and and each other and other people in the scene, like um, you know, people like well, d- like Dave Clock or uh, Lizelle Stepona, like people, photographers and artists that kind of contribute their talents to the comedy scene, and you know, in kind of a behind the scenes way and we were like what can we do (laughs) (laughs) we don't have any real talents to offer what can we uh how can we horn in on this action how was like and then when you approached kirkman was she um she she knew matt a little better than i or, or sorry matt knew her a little better than i so he they went to uh they went to emerson together although i don't think they were friends in college but they um, knew each other out here afterwards um so he she he approached her and yeah she she was receptive she was like let's do it i have an hour of stuff like 
let's lock it in. And then we had we asked Jonah to open, and you know we were recording anyway, and we were like, "Do you want to put this out?" It was like a seven inch, and he was like, "Fuck yeah!" Was that like the first comedy seven inch? I mean, <laughs> that's a good that's a good question. Actually, I don't know. It that has to be. be. That might be. See, I don't know that. And that sort of I dug that because it was like that's a very like old schooly punk rock sort of approach, and I was yeah. like, no one's ever done that with a comedy album. And it's just it was kind of like confusing in a good way where you're like oh yeah that's a like yeah. a cool idea yeah we were all confused <laughs> uh yeah but it's it, yeah it came out well and we just sold out and you sort of you had jonah i mean jonah ray was popular but now jonah ray's jonah ray and now yeah i mean he's it, always been jonah ray man <laughs> come on but how do you go and figure like do you? How do you decide who to like? Like when you ask Carl Hess to do an album, and I, which I'm still just like, why would you? <laughs> I'm kidding. I love, but I mean, like, what makes you go? Okay, this guy, we should do. Like, he's it's his time to do an album, or like, what's the deciding? You know, I, there there isn't. Like, we don't have like a checklist that we go through. It's honestly a lot. Like, um, well, and sometimes people approach us, and other times we approach the comics. Like, it just seems. But like our only real rule uh, is that Matt and I both have to like the comic that we're putting out. Um, yeah, and then yeah, because you just open yourself up. Because it's like sometimes we get approached. Now, I mean, that's got to also be. I'm sure you've been approached where you're like, oh fuck. Yeah, yeah, we've we've turned we've definitely turned people down. Um, some of whom have gone on to like produce their album through other means and it turned out great so uh but we like i don't know i don't want to get too (laughs) esoteric about it but we kind of feel like we're we're curating a a thing that's like really represents our tastes and there are plenty of comics that are you know are good and valid and have an hour of material that they want to commit to tape but if it's not something that we're excited about um you know we respectfully turn them down yeah it's interesting like jonah's a take on his sort of collaboration with you is like he's viewing it as a document which i think is yeah uh, it's uh i mean it's awesome but i'm like documents don't make a lot <laughs> like i mean it's it, yeah i mean it could i mean he's asking great people so i think that's but i think that's noble and uh an interesting approach to take like i think that's yeah, and it's funny that you say the, that we're a document because when we started um, to to bring it back to Fugazi, uh, <laughs> one of my big inspirations was Ian MacKay and how he ran Discord. And I, there was an interview where he was like, all we were trying to do was document the scene in D.C. He was like, we were just trying to just, just record this stuff and document it. Uh, and we weren't worried about making money off it later or how we were going to sell it. We were just trying to capture it. And when, when we started our label, that was uh, a big inspiration. I was like, we just want to try and document this booming alt comedy scene in LA. And we've obviously since, since then put out records from Chicago and New York comics. But um, I think that's a, uh, having that kind of pure approach to why you're doing it, in my opinion, seems like in the long run that's going to be beneficial. I th- I think so. Yeah, I, I think because I mean some of these people, 
more than likely are going to become of legendary status that you've recorded. Sure. And and then, you know, you own that. <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> but that's, them. <laughs> but that's, uh, and that's important, I think, though. And it's like, or, you know, God forbid somebody kind of rises, rises to a certain status and we lose that person is not yeah. to get dark, but it's, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, and then there is that document and I think that's really important. Yeah. That's, that's exactly what we set out to do. And like, um, yeah. And you know, some of our, like some of our current bestsellers are like the first Paul F. Tompkins record we put out and Kyle Kinane's first album. Um, those, those still sell fairly well for us, uh, which we weren't even thinking of back then when we were making, you know, we weren't like, Oh, uh, eight years from now, we're still going to be collecting income on these albums. Yeah. Kind of, which I don't want to make it sound like we're <laughs> fucking rolling in it, but, uh, yeah, I mean, Kyle now is, in my opinion, one of the best comedians out there. Yeah, I and would agree. That was like, are you done with your martini right now? I'm a fast. That fuck. <laughs> you, that's, that's, I'm nursing mine over here. I'm a vicious alcoholic. <laughs> But I mean, like now Kyle's, I don't know. Like I do think Kyle, like his special, I was like, fuck, this dude's like one of the best. Like yeah. I kind of liked his, I liked his special better than Bill Burr's. Oh yeah. And people would think. Same uh, here. And I, like I just, there's something far more, in, and I don't think it's a bias, but I think he's far more interesting. And Bronger's special was fucking incredible too. Yeah. And I just, and of course, you know, these are Chicago guys, so that's why. <laughs> but I mean, it's like, that's Is great. real. Yeah, Let's we're real. real. <laughs> like, but uh, I don't know. That's got to feel good that you are sort of documenting this stuff. Yeah, yeah, it feels great. I mean, um, yeah, we not everything that we've put out has <laughs> gone on to that kind of uh, future legendary stature like Kyle Kinane, but um, yeah, it, it. I think we've always kind of. One thing that we've succeeded on is like capturing talent early. Like there's there's been a handful of people where we've put out their first album and then they've gone on and done other projects with other labels or whatever. But uh, but it feels good to have that like the debut. Yeah, you know, I just you caught guys young and then I did an album and I'm like probably one of the oldest, the oldest guys. <laughs> On the scene, but always a late bloomer. I yeah. mean, puberty on through life, I, everything was very late. Well, and you have you have a big milestone coming up. Which Can one? We talk about that. Which I'm, which one? My wedding. Oh, that's all yeah. I ever talk about on this dumb. Oh, really? Well, I usually talk about it in my intro stuff. Oh, I see. If I had ever listened to this podcast, I would. I'm joking. I've listened. You don't have to. I don't I, listen. I, have, to, I don't I have. listen to any podcast. I listen to. I listen to this one occasionally. I listen to the best show on WFM or not on WFMU anymore. Listen to the best show, and then like Invisibilia. Do you know what that is? No. Yeah. I always feel like, and you're a guy who has a label, so from this perspective of a more of a business, like my show is so all over the place with who I have as guests that it's like, yeah, I wonder if that like hurts me in a weird way. And like, I kind of feel like in ten years, people will be like. Look at all these fucking people he had. <laughs> yeah. But it's going to take me like 10 years to reach that. Not well, that I don't have listeners. I have a decent right, following. Right. Well, what what is your goal? I just to talk to people who interest me. Oh, well then there you go. You're doing it. Yeah. 
But I mean, like, and 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 me, and you. <laughs> but like, Hector's always like, you know, if you worked on a different angle a little bit, you could have a TV show. And I'm like, why does everything have to be reduced to a television yeah. show in Los Angeles? Yeah, like everything. Uh, yes, I I totally agree. Um, yeah, I have a I have a Tuesday night show at the UCB that I run with Cameron Esposito and Rhea Butcher called Put Your Hands Together, and it's also a podcast. And people, there's been there's been like a handful of conversations I've had with people where they're like. Well, you know, like Meltdown's a show now. Like, what are you? How are you guys gonna push this to that? And I'm like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not trying to make a TV show. I'm, I'm it, trying to make a a good weekly stand-up showcase and a podcast, and we're doing it. That definition of success in LA drives me nuts. And I've heard people like compare Bill Burr and Louis C.K. And like, well, if Louis C.K. or if, if Bill Burr, will Bill Burr reach that level with a TV show? And it's like, who gives a fuck? He's a great comedian, yeah, yeah. and he has he plays huge theaters. Like, how much success is right? And and that's why I kind of like, uh, I love operating in the world of stand up comedy. I love stand up. I don't love TV shows. I don't like. I don't really watch any TV comedies. I don't like very many comedy movies uh but i love stand-up and so it actually bums me out uh when comics that i like go on to like land a sitcom or something or a late night show that i know i'm not gonna watch (laughs) and they're not gonna be doing stand-up much anymore because they're focused on this new project that actually makes them money I know, yeah. It's. I mean, I understand why they. I'm, I don't begrudge them for it. Um, but I don't either. Like, I mean, if somebody was like, "Hey, you want to play the dumb dad in this thing?" I'd be like, 100%. "Of course." <laughs> but I also think, like, then you like, is it success that you spend five years working on something that you probably like? Let's admit it. Like, How I Met Your Mother is a piece of shit. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, sure, they made billions of dollars. And, yeah, and that's that's. <laughs> but is that success? In it is. It is. <laughs> it is. I mean, it's a form of success. Yeah, but I guess it depends on what your goals are as a performer. You know. But I feel like yeah, and I think a lot of people go into those things in, under the guise of like, oh, I'll become, I'll be, you'll give me a lot more freedom to do what I want. But no one really ever, like Jason Siegel isn't. It's not like he took that money and made this great yeah. independent movie. <laughs> right. He just goes and. And does and I think he's a talented dude, but he makes fucking terrible movies. Sure, yeah, I, and I don't know. I, I mean, I guess it probably changes from artist to artist, but I always wonder what, yeah, like what an artist's angle is it's in the world of stand-up comedy. Like, do you want to be uh, like a Louis C.K. or Bill Burr or you know, like a, a touring, a huge name touring comic? that also does TV stuff? Or do you want to like be a Ray Romano where people don't really know you? Uh, I mean, people, America knows him from his show, not his stand-up comedy. Right. And he, of course he can go play any theater in the country that he wants to. And that's how people know him. But it's, it's weird because there's such a, a blurred line between what I think are two very different art forms, like stand-up comedy is very stripped down and very pure. And I mean, the end goal of, is the same. You're just trying to make people laugh, but like television versus standup are completely different beasts. And I think, I think part of the frustration of being in this town is watching comedians get plucked out and 
trying to trying to cram the essence of what why they're funny uh into a television format which isn't necessarily you know as it doesn't deliver their sensibility the way that i think stand-up comedy does where it's just them and a mic and an audience yeah you know what i mean yeah and in the wake of like guys like louis ck where it's like people are like you always hear industry say things like you know be more personal about your life so that and so it can be turned into a tv show and i'm like yeah so by definition steve martin came along today you'd be like Oh man, that's not going to work into a TV show. Like it would, yeah. he would confuse people, and he did. I mean, initially in his day, right? And I look at guys like contemporary Michael Connell and Josh Fadum. Industry people are baffled with what yeah. to do with them. Yeah, but they're two of the most brilliant they're, comedians I know. Yeah, like absolutely genius. Yeah, and I'm like, somebody said that to me, and manager said about Mike. He's like, I, we don't know what to do with them. I'm like, ask him. What are you? <laughs> Like, there's a simple solution. You talk to the guy. Yeah. Yeah. I and I don't know either. I don't know the answers. <laughs> Do you, have you seen that with like comedians like Giddle success and it, it, it alters their, or they get popular and it, to achieve more success, they alter what they do to? Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. I've definitely seen comedians like, dial back their sensibility to fit the format of the show that they've been given, you know, which yeah. is like whenever a, a comic gets a television show, I feel like there's automatically with very few exceptions, um, a broadening of their humor that needs to take place in order to make it work for a TV. Um, yeah, I don't, well, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus. You don't but. have to use names. Unless you hate the person, then no, it's all right. No, no. No, I mean, it's like, and it's, it's, conf- but, but that's not, oh, sorry. I, I don't think that's selling out as much as it's like, try, it's, I think it's just difficult to translate uh, comedic sensibilities to the screen. Yeah. I don't, I don't, the, the, LA is a confusing place creatively. Like, I mean, sure. When I came, you mean L.A. as an industry? As an industry. Not as a city. Yeah. Or both. I think It's a weird city <laughs> okay. at times. It's Yeah. What city isn't weird? Name one not weird city. Chicago, Illinois. That's, that's super I'll weird. I'll fucking hit you with a bottle. <laughs> <laughs> that's what somebody did to me in Chicago, which did is why really? it's weird. Yeah, this this kid. Or, yeah, he, he like hit me in the bottle in the back of the head as I was getting, on, getting onto the subway. And that's, you want to know why? Can I tell that this is, this, this is the best Chicago story? Uh, well, maybe not the best. I may have you I may have oversold it. Because <laughs> you were wearing a we, we leave fork. a bar at like three or four a.m. and there's a fight. There's a fist fight happening in the street um, with this little skinny like seventeen year old kid and an older dude who's like got a hundred pounds on him and he's just like pounding him into the pavement. And it wasn't even a side. It wasn't a side street. It was like a main street, and they were in the middle. So uh, I kind of run over. And another couple people run over and pull them away from each other. And I grab the little kid uh, and people pull the big dude off of him. And he's bleeding all over his face. And uh, I'm like, all right, all right, take it easy, buddy. And we start walking. 
And he was like, get the fuck off me. I don't need you or something. And I was like, hey, man, I just helped you. You were getting your ass handed to you. And uh, and then so, but it was like kind of like a Larry David situation where we both turned the same corner because we were walking towards the same subway stop. So we're walking next to each other. <laughs> and I was like, you really could have been a little more appreciative or something. And then I get into the subway station and he hits me with... Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't a glass bottle. I don't know what it was, but he like clocks me in the back of the head. And then my friend, before I could even turn around, my friend had him like upside down and was pounding him even further. And then we pulled my friend off. The, I'm like, we saved you twice. <laughs> we saved this kid that punched me twice. Anyway. As a Chicago and I was like, what bar? <laughs> Do you remember? Uh, I remember what it looked like. Uh, and I remember I was ordering Billy Ocean's which is a drink I invented, and it's just spiced rum with a splash of pineapple. And the bartender was amused that I had ordered that, and then I asked her for a, a boys to men, and she was like, what's that? And I was like, I don't know. Yo, you were just hoping yeah. that, that existed yeah. out there? And then she poured me a shot of Jameson and said, just take it. I want to I hope it was the L&L Tavern. I don't, I don't know what it was. It was it was it was something. It was like a George. It was something. Is there like a George, King George or a Prince George? There's a King George Theater, I think. No. And there's a I Duke of Perth. Duke of Perth yeah. is a Scottish bar, but it's not, that seems like it might have it might have been that actually. King Eddie know. or King the li- a Red Lion. These King are Red. L.A. Now we're into L.A. bars. <laughs> standard. We get the standard. <laughs> Bar 107. That's yeah, bar what it is. Yeah. Um, anyway, way off topic. That's that's the way this show goes. But this show always ends back in Chicago. It, Chicago it's, it's, weirdly, Chicago comes up a lot, and Wayne Kramer almost every... like, And I, I don't even bring him up every day. I don't know why. Really? My shows like have started to intermingle. It's like very bizarre. Well, you brought up Wayne Kramer when I walked in. I'd have to let people know I'm friends with a guitar legend. <laughs> And Jerry Stahl, That's a fair. literary legend. Yeah. <clears throat> a lot of legends on my show. A lot of legends. Or future legends. That's how I'm going to start. Yeah. Future legends with Matt Dwyer. I like that. See, I need to change the name. Done. Okay. <laughs> now it is. Changed. Uh, Called Dustin. What? So I want to get back to what we were talking Yes. Because I find that. In, like, are there comics that you think, like Fatem and O'Connell, that, like. Yeah, do you, you know, see, and you're like, why the fuck aren't these? Like, why do people not get on board with these? Yeah, and you know who I would put in the same boat who blows my mind, um, and I don't know, like, I don't know how she would ever translate her talents to television. And I run a record label, and I would love to do an album, but I don't know if it would work on an album. But do you know Kate Berlant? Her name comes up so often. She she's phenomenal. She's like, it's it's a weird amalgam of performance art and comedy that i find hilarious um yeah i mean i I would put her in the same boat as fatum and michael connell like pure talents that are just (laughs) weird (laughs) like it's hard to it's hard it's hard to even describe like to me it's like there's to me there's a world for that like i'm like there's a lot of industry i think are afraid to take the risk and i'm like People would fucking go crazy for this shit if they were given the opportunity to do to do what though. To, like, to, do you think it's an injustice that they don't have? Not a TV show, but like, I mean, like O'Connell. I feel like people would be to see him live is a 
is a either of these it's people. It's a joy. Yeah, it's like an experience. Yeah, as like he and I and you know I mean Mike had a film. He made a movie. Like he is multi talented. Like his that I think suits his sensibilities. Mm-hmm. I mean, he did that sad party, which is just like the most bizarre concept. Yeah, which I love the idea. That Vice wrote an article about it, and they just totally. Oh, really? Yeah, and it was written by this comedian girl. A girl seemed condescending, but hmm. I just, I was just, I want to take her aside and be like, "You didn't get it." <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah. you totally like you were. She actually like took it literally, and it's like, she's like, "Well, there was some comedy." It's like, yeah, it's done by a comedian. <laughs> <laughs> what does uh, so what? I don't know, what the fuck do you do with your label? Like, what is the next step? <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? That's not know. what I meant. <laughs> but I mean, like, so, uh, I, like, do you have a future plan for your label? Or are you... You know, not. I mean, I I enjoy just grinding a away show? on album after... <laughs> yeah, we're trying to parlay <laughs> the label into a TV series. Uh, no, I, I'm... Honestly, I'm having fun. Like, I'm... As of two years ago, I'm fully employed just by the label. How's that? It's got to feel great. It's, it, yeah, I'm over the moon about it. And I, uh, if I can continue to do that for the rest of my life, I'd be happy. Um, we don't really, like, we, we've talked about maybe doing, venturing into, uh, like, filming comedy specials. You know, like our stand-up sets. Um, oh, like the way Louis was selling them, or would? Well, yeah. I mean, we've we've talked about a lot of ways to do it, but it, as for right now, it's just kind of like part of why we're able to do what we do with the comedians that we do it with is that we don't spend very much money making an album. Like we set up the show ourselves, we record ourselves, we mix and master and. In, like in the beginning we were even doing the artwork ourselves uh so keeping costs very low let us be able to you know approach comics that wouldn't necessarily make all this money back whereas like uh once you get into video there's automatically you know half a dozen more people involved just to shoot it and yeah because it seems like more maybe equipment so. With somebody like Katie Berlant, did I pronounce her name correctly? Uh, I think you got both her first and last name incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's Kate Berlant. Gary Michaels. <laughs> right. Gary. Right. But like, it seems like maybe her, something she does is, would be more... More dis- well-suited to video. Yeah. yeah. And maybe... Same with, yeah, like Josh Fadum would... You wouldn't be able to capture what he does on an on audio, I don't think. Yeah, it's, his stuff is pretty... It's like physical. A yeah, lot of he, it's like physical comedy. Yeah, he's one of those guys. Like he went on to his show he's running now, and he went up to announce the show would start in ten minutes, and he was killing me. And he wasn't really even doing anything. Yeah, like I kind of hate him. For <laughs> like, but I'm like, you're such a, and he's the most neurotic. Like, he's always like, oh, I don't know, I don't feel funny lately. I'm like, you're funnier than most people. That's every uh, comedian. You just described every comedian. Yeah, I've ever just talked to. I'm I'm great. <laughs> I'm not. I'm the only one who. No, I was like certain my album was gonna. Like I was. Just, I had nightmares for two weeks. Yeah. It was. I had my skin broke out. Like I was. I was that terrified. That something would go wrong. It's gonna be great. Have you heard it? Yeah. Oh, okay. You haven't, because there's a side B that, out there. The what? Side B. 
Oh, I haven't heard that. Which hasn't been recorded yet. <laughs> That's on, why I haven't heard it. It's on. It's in there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so it has been recorded. No, I mean the words that I'll speak are <laughs> typed. I typed out some things. Okay. Gotcha. Oh wow, that flew by. Hmm. Oh, are we done? Almost. Okay. Uh, do you th- think you'll go back to music? Like that seems like. Do you feel like a part of you is missing with that? The music stuff? Yeah. No, because I, I never really like. I, I was. It was a fun endeavor, but I never like saw it as a viable future. Um, you know, there were certain aspects of it, like playing shows is very fun and coming up with new songs is very fun. But then other parts like practicing and uh, recording and slugging your gear all over (laughs) town is it's, you know, it's a grind. And like, I think you have to be really dedicated to that, to, to go through it. Yeah. Um, But like when you're on stage in a band destroying, probably like that's got to be better. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. Plus, like you can be a comedian and destroy at a show. No girl the is going to talk. The post wagon doesn't roll up out front. Is that what you're saying? Never. <laughs> I mean, I think possibly my fiance is a is she's a comedy nerd, and I think me being a comedian helped that along a little bit. Yeah. But helped it along a little bit. Come on, you're not giving yourself enough credit, Matt. Delar. I mean, I you know I think that it was appealing that I was a comedian, but as a dude sure. in a band. That's easy pickings, and you could be in a shitty band. That which I was. <laughs> you oh no, I, no, your stuff is great. Oh. Is there Black Comet stuff still out there to purchase? No. It's on YouTube. Is it? Yeah. I didn't even know that. I'm fairly certain that's where no. I was listening to it recently, but I could be wrong. No, you might be right. Joe I don't know. Dana I sent me some stuff, and he was like, "Did you know?" And I didn't know you were in that band because I did know that band, and I might have seen you, but I was drunk a lot in that era. <laughs> Well, we we played Bar 107 quite a bit. Oh, I probably bartended that. Yeah. On a Sunday night? I don't know. I totally was, because I bartended. Yeah. Yes, that's so weird. Because they would give you free draft beer. Yeah. You know what? The, the like, my favorite bar. So, you know, in L.A., like, you don't, bands generally don't get paid to play shows, like bar shows, unlike most cities. Um which I get because there's so many fucking bands. Like, uh, but some bars like Bar 107, free draft beer for the bands. Uh, the Prospector down in Long Beach, I don't know if this is still our policy, but they were just like, open open bar for the bands. And we were like... Everything? We were like, really? And they were like, yeah, whatever, whatever you guys want. And my bandmates, all raging alcoholics, were like, uh, four... Four pints of Jameson, please. Fuck. <laughs> How did it go down? And they obliged. They poured us, they threw the ice in and poured us four pints of Jameson. And then we played our show. And I was driving. I was stuck with driving. But my other friends had like two more. Wow. Yeah. Where where can people find special thing stuff? Uh, ASTrecords.com. Twitter? Uh, yeah, I think it's a, at a special thing. I should know that. I think it's at... <laughs> Or it's either at a special thing or at AST Records. No, it's at a special thing. Um, Facebook at Facebook AST Records. What albums are coming out soon that people might want? Uh, coming out soon is so in a couple of weeks we have Hampton Yount's album coming out. Is it a full length? Yeah, he's great. It's really good. 
I'm really excited about that one. Um, He'll be one of those guys that we spoke. Like. He will. He will be one of those guys. Um, in April, we have Guy Branham album coming out. He's great as well. Equally great. Uh, April or no, sorry, May. I thought you were going to say April Richardson. Like <laughs> <laughs> we have talked to, to her about possibly doing something. The most pinup comic there is. Like she's <laughs> like pinup girl comedian. She is, yeah. Um, no, we have a. Do you know Sean White from Chicago? No, he's. Uh, he's I guarantee he's moved there. I'm after sure he knows left. me. <laughs> I was a legend in that scene. But Sean White, th- this one is crazy. I remember how I said sometimes people just like pitch us albums and very rarely do we get a like a a pitch from a comic that we're not familiar with but we always or no very rarely do we get a pitch from a comic that we're not familiar with that we enjoy (laughs) and uh we we didn't know sean and he sent us this recording and he was like hey like i was thinking of putting this out and it's it's so good it it is you would like it because you're a very dark uh oh, and soulless person <laughs> but uh the the first Accurate. the whole first half of the album is about um how he, he lost his entire immediate family within a couple years uh through different circumstances and it's it's not about that but it's about like funerals and dealing with death uh and that loss great and then the second half uh he, he as he says be kind of because of that um, it was a strain on his marriage, and so uh, he and his wife got divorced. Second half is all about divorce, so it's this. It's it sounds sounds darker than it is, but it, he approaches it in a great way, and it's it's really really funny. So yeah, we're really excited about. It sounds that one. almost like a concept. It's like it, it kind I kept of thinking is. of Pink Floyd. It's called, it's called Dead and Gone. Sean and if White. you play it while watching Wizard of Oz. <laughs> it makes that movie actually enjoyable. If you play it backwards, well, yeah. Uh, that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much for listening to Conversations with Matt Dwyer. Follow me on Twitter. Go to themattdwyer.com. Donate. Use Amazon. You're beautiful. I love you. Bye. security agency to assess and flag citizens of the country who may present a threat to its security. <laughs> the NSA has clearance to wiretap by any means necessary. Tapped. Incidental recordings of private conversations from the files of the NSA. Now on feralaudio.com.